Welcome to Inspiring Healthy Workplaces, a podcast brought to you by Total Wellness. Hello, I am Alan Cole, president and founder of Total Wellness. I'm excited to be the host of our new podcast, Inspiring Healthy Workplaces. Thank you for joining us for our first episode. And our guest today is Lee George. She is the senior vice president of corporate development, mergers and acquisitions in healthcare at Sedgwick. And uh, her background is is a registered nurse. Great. Thanks, Alan. So yeah, it's uh, hard to believe, but I'm coming up on about 30 years in the employee benefit space. My background um, as a neurotrauma nurse focused on quality care and, and getting people back to um, you know, as best of a recovery and, and back into a productive lifestyle as possible. So it's a little ironic that that having run Sedgwick's managed care and healthcare programs and, and support the employer uh, clients like we do at Sedgwick and like I'm fortunate to have the opportunity to do every day is still focused on that. That sounds a little bit familiar for me. Uh, my background was in long-term care pharmacy, so I was dealing with uh, people usually on their tail end of their life and their choices made throughout their life impacted them, you know, when they're much older. So I wanted to get into more the front line of that and help people live healthier lives before they ended up at a, at a, the, not the best endpoint for them individually. So that's how I ended up in corporate wellness. So I understand coming from a nursing background, a lot of times, you know, you're dealing with trauma and you haven't, you haven't maybe could have prevented it in the first place, maybe potentially, or you feel like you could have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so definitely. Uh, so getting into corporate wellness, um, I'm sure you work with many size clients um, across the country. Uh, what is the biggest thing or single thing right now that is uh, the struggle for uh, companies to, first of all, make the decision to, launch a wellness program? And secondly, what, what is their biggest focus once they've started their own wellness program? Yeah, it's a really great question. And like anything with wellness, I think is somewhat complicated, um, super important, and at the top of priority list for employers. But when I say complicated, what's the definition of wellness? There are so many programs out there. Narrowing the programs from a from a focus perspective on the population that the employer needs to address, and that may be and often is um, a vast array of, of different populations. Um, What's the culture of the company and how does that tie to wellness? And the, if you know your wellness definition, then I find right now companies are really looking at how to align the products to be more Seamless is probably a misnomer, but how they can be coordinated for ease of use with the population. So that's sort of a loaded question, but if I really had to narrow it to say, what are employers considering when delving into wellness? Um, that's, that's really at the forefront. And even if they've had a wellness program for quite some time, they're taking a bit of a step back to say, now that we have all of these other programs, how does wellness fit? And again, how can we more seamlessly offer these so that we get the levels of engagement we want? Definitely engagement is important. Uh, how, how, especially, I've, I saw some of your articles and uh, on your website, 
And obviously, culture has to align with the population. But how have you helped employers drive engagement, especially in consideration of a lot of the different, as you, I think, multi-generational challenges that we have? You have millennials that look at wellness as a different way than, than those of us maybe in the baby boom generation. Yeah. So in order to engage people in their health, um, we tend to look at this from a health plus productivity drives business performance perspective at the at the macro level. And because on any given day, my company uh, is handling probably 37,000 new incidents of absence for the company or for our, our company clients, and, and some of that is global, but what we need to be able to do is help those people at a time where they're not able to go to work with what their benefit models are. So at Cedric, we do not own a wellness company. We don't um, offer specific products, although we have um, nurses and doctors and pharmacists and therapists on staff to assist the employees that are in need of help, we do a lot of directing. And so understanding what's driving the level of absence, because that's when we're engaging with somebody. Sometimes it's more on a longer perspective. Maybe they have a disability claim. Maybe they have a worker's compensation claim, intermittent absence. And so we tend to look for those teaching moments on what the benefit packages offer and really help to be able to get the employees into their program. Now, that's when an actual claim happens, Alan. And before I I talk about sort of a broader picture of what we're doing to help employees with that, I'll, I'll see if you have any thoughts about that. You're using a lot of your energy to help employees and employers utilize the benefits that their employees already have at their fingertips, but they're maybe not always utilizing. Is that some of the angle that you're... Yeah, exactly. And and one of the areas that seems to be an ongoing opportunity for most of us in the, the benefit space is this ability to make it easier for people to know who to go to for what. And sometimes that's one of the family members. That's maybe not the employee. And so we've spent the last couple years offering our clients what we call whole health. But essentially, that's a one-stop shop, for lack of a better term. It's an ecosystem that helps the employee with any type of health and absence issue they have. So if we think about wellness as such an important product, right, and we can get into, well, what is wellness and and what is the product that that entails, given that, again, the definition of that and the products that are included is pretty vast. But if we think about somebody has a wellness program, EAP, health plan, they may have somebody helping with ADA job accommodations, planning for a leave of absence around their health, maybe engaging in in wellness at this time that they um, want to Maybe they're brand new in the health plan and they just want to focus on um, well care and well-being. We have in our model that integrates these products. So group health, workers' comp, disability, leave of absence, and ADA, 
there is a health assistant and somebody that can just be their point of contact. And a lot of companies are um, still very siloed. They may have multiple um, entrance points for their employees, but our largest um, employers that are really trying to use their benefits as a talent attraction um, and retention tool and are very formally engaged with how they measure their performance um, of outcomes and engagement and experience are really looking to this one-stop shop. Um, And that may be via apps, maybe the health assistant, but then all of the platform partners, whether it's um, chronic disease management or a mindfulness app or a wellness tool, sort of all feed off of that. So that's another way that we're seeing um, maybe a a bit more sophisticated employer that really wants to advance their health and productivity programs. Uh, So your company would provide the kind of the the, uh, gate to get all those resources, whether they're technology or other resources? Correct. Yeah. And, and, Platform partners could be um, any number of companies, so it's not as if, uh, and and I'm a firm believer in this, especially in today, we have wonderful opportunities through various different companies to offer these specific point solutions. And I know some people are are talking about point solutions almost as if, well, there's too many, so it's, it's not appropriate, but the fact is with technology, we can make that much easier to include any number of point solutions or call them platform partners and and have um, an employee and the plan members be able to access those off a consistent way or through a consistent person should the person want to be able to communicate directly live. So do you see a trend on companies? What, what, Now we're talking about different technologies that can go into your one-stop shop platform. Yeah, you know, there is this shift um, on staying healthy or getting healthy and sort of this well care and and self-care. And so depending upon where a company is with that, I would say point solutions around, uh, like, and I'll even name some if, if you'd like, Verta Health on reversing type 2 diabetes, or Livongo with behavioral change, or Ovia Health for women's health. There's Mequilibrium, for instance, with resilience. And a lot of these programs tie into wellness um, because, it de- and again, it depends on the program, but it's not meant to one-stop you know, or, or, or one size fits all rather, but what is appropriate for that person at that point in time that can help bend their curve and, and working with them to be able to make that happen. But I would say mindfulness, resilience, um, telepsych, um, and then some of those that I mentioned, Alan, seem to be, and, and, and the companies I mentioned are just some that I see frequently, but there are others in that, in those spaces that I, I have no doubt are very good as well. So do you, do you feel, I mean, based on the ones you mentioned, a lot of them are sp- very specific on what they address. Do you feel that companies want the flexibility of not having this huge solution that claims to do a lot of different things, but doesn't do anything well? Do you think companies, they want a specific uh, technology platform that 
diabetes and another one that helps mothers that are trying to get pregnant and it could be a lot of other things so then they can really fine tune it specific to their employee population is that kind of the trend versus these huge platforms that that maybe do a lot of different things but don't do necessarily anything great that's that is really what we're seeing alan i know um the challenge then becomes what's the access point how do people know who to go to for what, right? Which is why I kind of talk about this in an ecosystem environment where um, there's room for everybody, so to speak, but who's the um, sort of the backbone of that and the assistant, whether it's um, via um, an app to secure your help or, you know, engaging the person, making sure that you can have them, um, well, and that's complicated too. But but for those that want to engage or have risks, how you've been able to identify them and then offer these solutions within that ecosystem so that it's consistent and we don't have people going to, you know, eight different sites to be able to understand what's available to them. So one of your main roles is uh, to help companies decide what are the pieces that they want in the, I guess, the spokes to a wheel and you guys are kind of the hub. And then you help them bring those spokes into that hub so that they only have to go to one place. Is that correct? Yeah, we do. But I will also say that this is such an active space that there are really no two um, that are alike, whether that's the employer, um, benefits area, the risk managers, the consultants. So I would say it's quite a team. Um, It could be that a wellness provider has suggestions on their partners as well, which is why if you've got um, a platform that can take in these um, you know, and work with with the various different point solutions, it's much more seamless than trying to reinvent the wheel every time or holding employers to a very um, select group of suppliers because, you know, the employers have reasons why they want to choose the partners they choose. Right. That makes total sense. So, um, so if, if there's platforms out there, you want to know ones that can partner up with other forms if they need to be and be able to uh, find a, uh, work together and also integrate together very easily, correct? Yeah, absolutely. For ease of use for the member mostly, right? I mean, it's, and then there's data that can come out of that as well, but, but, the, but that ease of use, improving the experience and therefore the engagement. Well, great, that, that was a great way to touch upon that that topic. I wanted to kind of digress a little bit. Um, And if you don't mind, how do you feel that the the lack of any direction out there with the current state uh, with the American with Disabilities Act has affected, especially large uh, self-employed, self-insured groups, probably like most of the time what you handle, are they changing any of their incentive packages, how they're doing a wellness program, what what they feel they're comfortable doing. Uh, yeah, have you seen any changes uh, since we're now into well into 219? Yeah. You know, we haven't in relationship to the ADA specifically. Um, I, I think that 
there was so much fear that there would be an uptick in litigation when we've been seeing an uptick in litigation, regardless of wellness and ADA, right? I mean, employers have just had an uptick in litigation um, and leaves and EEOC and, and various pressures on them that we didn't see significant changes in 19, but we did see some changes in um, 18 and prior just for that concern that they may be deemed um, inappropriate. From This is a little shift to that topic, but when we think about ADA, the ability for both the wellness provider or a population health um, person, a EAP uh, colleague, all of this group that is helping the employer, we really could do probably a better job in helping employees understand their rights under ADA for work. I think that some of the general litigation around ADA, not wellness ADA, but just ADA in general, is that people don't always understand what they have available to them. And it's become pretty complex to manage and so relying on a supervisor outside of maybe a five-day job accommodation for something like a, a sprained ankle or something really does require a deeper a deeper look. And so we find that when wellness providers, for instance, who are engaging with employees on their health have a sense of, well, this person might need an accommodation or um, chronic disease management or a new condition that somebody's being educated on, um, even in the mental health space, it would be really helpful if we more broadly addressed both health and productivity so that the employee had earlier awareness about what might be available to them and unfortunately oftentimes are left a little bit hanging and then end up in a litigation. So I know that's a little different than you asked, Alan, um, but hopefully I answered both. No, that's a great answer. If, if, if I was a company and I'm a big CEO or a VP of benefits and we don't have a wellness program at all right now, or, and we're, we've been thinking about one, but we haven't decided what to do. What is the first thing they should do? What is the first, very first step? Well, besides reading your great articles and, your, and listening to your podcasts, <laughs> I'll, um, I would suggest that, that as a cross-functional team with, that the CEO should bring together and, and really begin to think about what is their goal for health and well-being and wellness in their workforce. And I think that it's important that literally the C-suite understands and buys in to what it is that then the benefits and the operations want to be able to roll out. And I do fully believe that the CEO should be engaged to show support and why um, that actually benefits They want people to engage in their health, and they see this as part of a benefit of working there, but also good for the company while good for the employee and plan members as well. And I think that if you start at the top and then you bring in your your, um, employees 
to be able to say, what do you want to see from wellness? How, you know, and you can obviously understand data and know some of the trends, but what is, what would your workforce like to see? Is that caregiving leave of absence and, and paid family leave? Is that helping with student loans? Is that gyms? Is it on-site um, daycare? Is it more mindfulness or resilience and easier um, biometric testing? And really get that feedback from the people that we want to engage in the benefits. And then the benefits team, I think, has both the the buy-in support of what um, the the C-suite and the CFO and the CEO are going to agree to, the COO as applicable. You've got your feedback from your um, end users, if you will, and the, the employees that will likely help you sell the wellness and, and promote it within their own business areas. And then I think the um, benefits people can then begin to, to wrap their wellness program into um, their group health and their other programs. But having a consistent culture of health and well-being and, and supporting that from the top consistently um, and then throughout the organization, I think, is very important. I, I think that was a great kind of ending comment. I, I believe that you're right on the mark. Uh, I, I see a lot of companies uh, start a wellness program and have all the great intentions and have a great plan and a great strategy. And they do all the things they mentioned, but then they also sometimes uh, switch Courses in the middle of uh, in the game and and try something new before they really uh, let their strategy carry forward. But you always need to readjust it. But I see a lot of people do 180s and go the other direction, or don't even do a wellness program at all, and then come back again a couple of years later and try it again. I I like to see people to stick with the plan and and refine it as they go along and, and never give up and never just stop. I think it's an ongoing process that that uh, a lot of companies lose lose sight of that and and then uh, they have to start all over again. Yeah, I agree with you, Alan. The um, people who do not believe in wellness programs, I, uh, you know, we all have the right to our opinion, obviously. I just really believe that employers have an ability to help us shift the societal health care um, from this sick care environment to a well care. And I'm very hopeful that our up and coming generations, as well as, as um, many in our aging workforce, really do want to be healthy. And so, um, um, I would consistently support what you said and and the belief that wellness programs evolve, um, but they but they are very important to our health and productivity of the workforce for today and tomorrow. Well, great, Kimberly. Well, I guess both of us need to continue being uh, strong advocates and voices in our industry. I think with both of us, we've been around for a while. So uh, please continue um, keeping in touch. Um, feel free to reach out to me at any time. Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me today, Alan. This is Alan. Just uh, want to say thank you for listening to our podcast, Inspiring Healthy Workplaces. Our guest today was Kimberly George, Senior Vice President of Corporate Development, Mergers and Acquisitions and Healthcare at Sedgwick. Uh, I want to thank Kimberly personally for taking the time out of her busy schedule to be involved in this podcast. And we look forward to having you listen to this and other future podcasts, podcasts down the road. Thank you.